The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord. This is Acts chapter 12, verse 6 and 7, sorry. Uh, Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to wake him up. You got this beautiful picture. Picture this, you know, get up, wake up. Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Okay, no one opened the keys. The angel didn't need a key. The angel merely, uh, you know, told Peter, get up. And those chains fell off. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is something we have to, to realize and understand, is that the power in the name of Jesus and the power of Almighty God, it says in Psalm 91, in the Amplified Version, no foe can withstand it. No foe can withstand the power of God. And that's what we see here. The chains fell off his wrists. And then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me. And I love that about the Lord. You know that often when we're in the biggest, deepest, deepest trouble, you know, the Lord leads you so gently like a little child. That's why he said, if you want to see the kingdom of God, you must become as a little child. You know, not like a haughty know-it-all, but as a humble child. And children are so, you know, they're so gentle and they're so uh, easy to, to uh, you know, to, to tell them something. They believe you. They believe you and they trust you. They trust the person who's spoken to them. And so, you know, Peter, it, it tells us afterwards that Peter actually thought he was asleep. He thought he was having a dream. But there was the angel saying, come on, put on your shoes. Come on, put on your coat. Come on, come with me now. And here he leads him out. Uh, Peter was facing the executioner. And I want to encourage you with that, that no matter how dark or how difficult your situation is, you know, the Lord is with you and he wants to minister to you. And you'll see him ministering to you in the smallest, most everyday details, the greatest. I, I, you know, people are always looking for the big, the big, the big, the big miracle, the big breakthrough, the big whatever. And the Lord does that. He does. He's the God of miracles. But I think that so often where I have seen the Lord in, in the sweetest way is in the small things. Just like here with Peter, put on your shoes, put on your coat. And uh, now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading leading to the city. And the iron gate opened by itself. Praise the Lord. You want to see God's miracle working power is that gates will open all by themselves. Places where the enemy has shut people down, uh, you know, in their emotions, in their heart. This is, you know, relating to people who've suffered all their lives uh, chained by oppression or by fear or by torment of some kind. You know, God wants, as you put your hand in his, he wants to lead you out. And those gates will open by themselves as you make your heart available to him. And praise God for that song. You know, I, 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 you can have my heart. Uh, and Lord, we do say that today to you. I, I, I don't know about you, but that's something that we need to regularly remind ourselves. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for the times that I've shut you out of different parts of my heart. Places where maybe it was too painful 
painful, or maybe where I didn't want to, to you know, uh, humble myself before you, or maybe places where I was too afraid or too fearful of something. And, and Lord, I ask you to forgive me, and I, I give you all of my heart, and I ask you to use me in Jesus' name. And uh, so the gate opened for them all by themselves, and we decree that today for those that we are praying for, Lord, those people that are on our hearts, people who you have put in our circle, Lord, people who we are concerned about or people who we love and who are going through difficult things. Oh God, we pray today that those gates, those bars of iron, those shackles would open and fall off, Lord, in Jesus' name, that they would be set free, Lord, and that they would come to know you and that they would proclaim your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So in Psalm 24, if you go there with me, praise God, where we have uh, worshipped idols, you know, and and people think that worshipping an idol is just um, looking down and bowing down before a Buddha or or a holy picture or a statue or something. And it is not just that. It is, there are many things that are idols in our heart. And, you know, things that that we have put before the Lord, things that take our attention away from him. It, It can even be elements of our personality that do not reflect God's God's glory and that do not give him glory and that's why he says who may climb into the presence of the Lord only those whose hands are pure and who do not worship idols and never tell lies so they, you know who have come to him and been cleansed and you know this is the thing about salvation is that when we come to the Lord Jesus we are washed and cleansed with his blood and it's not got anything to do with all the great things that we do are all the great things that we have done in the past. You know, salvation is a very present tense um, experience. Some people think, well, you know, I, I, I prayed and repented for my sins 40 years ago. And, and listen, all of us every day, we should live a lifestyle of repentance because we mess up every single day. And, you know, I always notice that when I say things like this, <laughs> that all of you look so, oh my goodness, what? <laughs> Rose, really? <laughs> and you sort of, you're, you're, there's a kind of a glow starts to come off of your halo. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm only joking. But um, the thing is, is that, praise God, God's, God's nature is faithful and true. And uh, he is holy. And like we said earlier, you know, this is what's being proclaimed all around the throne. Imagine, imagine, close your eyes just for a moment. Imagine what it's like. Imagine what it's like. Uh, you know, God is on the throne. Jesus is there. The lamb. All of the elders. All of the people from every nation, every color, every tribe, every background, every social class. By the way, it wasn't God who put social classes into place. It's men. You know, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether they were kings on this earth and queens or whether they were beggars in the dust on this earth. Because before the throne... Every one of them are doing exactly the same thing. They are bowing and worshipping before the king of all kings and before the lamb. And they are declaring, worthy is the lamb, holy is the Lord. You know, and, uh, and so their hearts, they have given their hearts to the Lord on this earth. And maybe they went through terrible times or terrible circumstances um, there's this beautiful picture going around and the moment I saw it on, on Facebook there, I think I shared it on the church Facebook page one day, of uh, some artist obviously has, has um, 
painted it like you know it's a, a picture of Jesus now you know we're not saying it is Jesus so it's not a holy picture it's it's you know there's no such thing uh, but going off of what he's described as in the word of God and, and what he would have been a, a Middle Eastern uh, man uh, who's but the picture is showing this uh, young woman and she's got like blonde flowing hair and she's just wrapped around him and her mouth is wide open and she's just laughing and and oh, you know just you can you couldn't even say shouting you'd have to say hollering uh, hallelujah you know just with 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 the glory of god and he's got her hugged in his arms and she, and uh, she you know you can just see such joy on her face and uh, you know it just brings to mind uh, actually jean watson has a song on her on her album home and um i I'll share it again on Facebook, but um, um, it's called uh, it's it's called the unnamed hymn, I think, or something like that. There's actually no name on it, and it says, you know, dance with Jesus. Um, but uh, it's it's such a beautiful song, and it gives you that whole, just that of what it must be like. You know, remember that song? Um, I can't remember the man's name now. What a day that will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or or. My red man here, yeah. And the, but you know the man who, who had the, he, he was like, um, what's his name? No, yeah, yeah, he was singing it with Gaither, actually, but his name is, is his name David? David something, but you know, he has um, cerebral palsy, and he sings that song. What a day that will be. And, and you know, his, his speech isn't perfect, but uh, I really recommend you to, to look it up. Um, it, it, it is with Gaither, G-A-I-T-H-E-R, Gaither Music, but his name is David uh, something, and he's singing What a Day That Will Be. But um, what you call it, um, or Mercy Me, I Can Only Imagine. You remember that song from when we had the kids? Uh, I Can Only Imagine. Uh, praise God. But... Um, Anyway, how do we get talking about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to this. Could we go to um, Luke chapter 11, please? Um, Dennis, you wouldn't mind plugging out the... Would you, in the kitchen, plug out the plug. It's a bit... Thank you. Luke chapter 11. What a privilege to know his word and to be here together in the house of God. We worship you, Jesus. Luke chapter 11 and verse 34. Well, actually, yeah. Verse 33. No one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your whole body. And when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you have, sorry, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. What a... What a, you know, a serious uh, word from the Lord. Because there are many people on this earth today who think that they are walking in the light and they are walking in utter darkness. And, you know, they're under deception. If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, 
then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight were filling you with light. Picture that, that inside of you, there's one of those floodlights that just brings light into every corner, every crevice, every recess. There's nothing hidden. And you know, this is how the enemy operates, is he uses things hidden away in secret to have power over people. And it's not necessarily people instantly, you know, might think of some kind of sexual sin or something or porn or lust or something. It's not always that. You know, it's other things that can be hidden as well. I'm not saying it's not that, but, it, it, you know, there's lots of things that we can hide in the deepest, darkest places. Things, uh, you know, from the past, trauma, uh, you, you know, problems that, that uh, you know, made us so fearful and so uh, worried and dreading tomorrow, uh, dreading the future. All of these things, and they can become idols of our heart. And we read earlier, who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? Only those who do not worship idols. And you see, many people can be totally consumed with issues that are going on in their lives or that have gone on in their lives. And those things are actually an idol. And they're more important in their life than God is. And this is what Jesus was saying here. Is that, you know, what you allow into your eye, what you allow into your body will fill you with either light or with darkness. And your eye there is, is symbolic of the, the gateway or the, the doorway into your life. You know, he's not, he's not just talking about eyes here. And he's saying whatever's going in that doorway or whatever's behind that doorway has the power to either fill you with hope and with radiance and with joy. Or it has the power of consuming you in darkness and holding you bound. And this is not how Jesus wants us to live. And so, um, praise God, make sure that the light we, we think we have is not actually darkness. And um, from time to time, you know, you read the word of God and the word of God will, will minister to you and expose something. And, you know, for a lot of us at times, it can be something we don't want to, to face or deal with right now. Um, remember many years ago, a, a good friend of mine and uh, there were some issues that kind of came up in her life that had been from her childhood, a very, very dysfunctional childhood, um, like many people had. And, um, and one day she said to me, um, and she, she actually moved away since, but um, she said to me, I can't go there. I'm not going to go there. And it was just too much of a, of a mountain. It seemed like too hard to climb. But you know, the thing is, is that the Lord is so gentle. And, and he's never condemning or, or, you know, Jesus. We're actually going to read that in a minute. You know, that Jesus said, I did not come to judge the world. I came to save. And Jesus, you know, the thing is, is that we have to see that, that the Lord is so tender and gentle. But there are things that he will bring to the surface. And they do need to be dealt with. And, and like when we deal with them, you know, there's healing and there's breakthrough there. And, and to deal with what the root of it is. See, some people deal with the symptom and what the symptom is. And the symptom, uh, you know, can be manifesting somewhere else. But the root is actually something else. And, um, 
you know, with depression or with, with oppression of any kind, uh, people think, well, you know, it's just that, uh, I, you know, my, my job isn't working out or my family is in a mess or something like that. But actually, what the root of it is can go back into the childhood to when maybe there was, you know, some major trauma or major wound that went on. And it caused a scar on the person's heart that now, many years later, manifests as a depression. And even science has caught up with this. And doctors are now, you know, um, ministering to two patients who come to them with mental health issues that, you know, you need to... Uh, look at your life is there any area where there's where there's bitterness or, or or any kind of you know grief about the past and they understand that now well it's been written in God's word long ago you know and and God is very gentle and he'll never force somebody uh to to go through pain and anytime you see that going on in 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 situations of of um you know deliverance and stuff you know you need to test the spirits you need to test the spirit that's behind it. Because Jesus cast out the spirits with a word. He didn't do some big, huge, you know, rain dance over some, you know. And, and I'll tell you, a lot of that is just showmanship. And there's no Holy Spirit involved in it. Now, there are times, you know, where there is... Anyway, anyway let's move on to Isaiah chapter 60. Praise God. This week I was out walking and, and um, the sun came out for like uh, 20 minutes and it was really strong and it was fabulous. And uh, as I was walking, I, I heard the Lord, I didn't even see it, but I heard the Lord say this uh, to me. I heard, your shadow is not afraid. And I looked down and I said, oh my God, I have a shadow uh, because the sun was behind me. And the Lord really ministered this to me. That many people, you know, in their physical bodies, in their minds and in their hearts are, are dealing and struggling with a lot of anxiety and a lot of, um, you know, uh, fear issues, fear-related issues uh, that are making them fearful and that are bowing them down. And what he spoke to me was this, and I'll speak it to you, your shadow has no fear. And your shadow is a direct reflection of your image. And we are made in the image and the likeness of God, our Father. And that day, he spoke to me that the sun was behind me and was casting a shadow in front of me. And that as we allow the Son of God, because we're going to read it in a minute. Actually, let's go there first. Keep your finger in Isaiah 60 and just go to Malachi chapter um, 4. It's the last book before the, book before the New Testament, before Matthew. Malachi chapter 4. And Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. It says, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness, and the son there is spelt S-U-N, but it's spelt with a capital S. So it's referring to Messiah, Jesus. He is the, not only the son of God, S-O-N, but he is the son of righteousness. And you see, righteousness is, what, uh, is who God is. He is holy, like we said earlier. And righteousness means holiness. It means being right with God. And this is something that makes a lot of people run away from God and shut certain doors and certain gates in their lives to the Lord. Because they say, no, you can't see in here, Lord, because it's just, you know, it's not holy. 
It's not good. And so they'll shut that door. But the father is always looking for his children to come to him so that he can help you open the door and root out everything that's inside in that, hidden in that crevice or in that recess by him shining his glory light. That's why Jesus said, and we're going to read it in in a minute, I am the light of the world, Jesus said. So when Jesus, the light of the world, enters your situation, your environment, your past, your your future, your your present, uh, all of the hidden rooms of your heart, when Jesus enters in, light comes in. And, you know, we spoke about this last week, that light quenches darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. No matter how dark a room you're in, you know, if you, if you even crack the tiniest little match, that teensy, teensy bit of light will extinguish the darkness because now the darkness has no more power. And so here it says in Malachi 4 verse 2, Um, but for you who fear, well, I think you can't read two without reading one. The Lord of Heaven's army says, The day of judgment is coming, burning like a furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burnt up like straw. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But for you who fear my name, so the arrogant and the wicked are looking for, you know, to a future of, of being burnt up like stubble. Uh, But for people who will humble themselves before God, who will bow down and worship him and acknowledge that there is absolutely nothing righteous in me, Lord, without you, without your blood, Jesus, I could never come and be made right with God. I could never make myself holy. I could never do it. And, you know, that's the truth. I couldn't. But I needed the blood of Jesus Christ. I needed him to, to set me free and to come and bring salvation. And all of us did. But, you know, there are many people who are in rebellion to God and and they're deciding to do things their own way. Many of them are Christians. They call themselves Christians. But he says, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. And, um, you know, in another version there, it says uh, he will arise with healing in his wings and the beams of light. You see, there's beams of light that emanate from who God is. And again, light quenches darkness. Say it with me. Light quenches darkness. It's the truth. Light quenches darkness. Darkness does not quench the light. And that's in John chapter 1 verse 5 when John spoke about Jesus coming. He is the light of the world. And he said, the light came into the world and the darkness could not overpower him. That's in John chapter 1. The darkness could not overpower him. And the darkness there is symbolic and and representing sin and evil. God always, you know, um, you want to read an interesting piece of literature, you start reading the word of God. Because the Lord speaks and his his word is embroidered with such symbolism and such, uh, you know, amazing... Uh, you'll never get tired of reading the word of God. If you really, uh, you know, call upon the name of Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the word of God to you. People run away from the word of God as well and the enemy has tied them up. You know that it's been preached in this nation uh, and, and I'm sure in other parts around the world that the word of God, that the Bible is only for Protestants, that it's only for people of one de- denomination. What 
utter rubbish. The Bible, the word of God was taken out of the ordinary men and women's hands and, and was taken by, by people who, who wanted to uh, manipulate it for themselves and, and write up loads of, of religious laws and traditions that have chained up more people, more families, more nations than can be known. And they have been used by the enemy to do that. It's a work of Satan to take the word of God out of God's people's hands. And don't ever, you know, don't ever just come to church and, and, and not look up your, the scripture afterwards. You need to be reading your Bible every day for yourself. Because it is only you who can fill your bank. You know, we, we, we go out to work and we, we earn our wages. And the wages get paid into the bank account. And, and that's there as a, as a fund for us to go and draw from them when we need to pay our bills and pay the groceries and whatever else. But there's so many people, Christians most of all, who have an empty bank account. In fact, they're majorly in the red because they have not been storing up the word of God. And they have never asked the Holy Spirit to give them revelation of what the Lord is speaking to them. Because you see, when the word of God, when we read and study the word of God, what happens is, is that, as I said, he exposes uh, things inside of us. He brings enlightenment, like what, what Richard prayed, that our eyes may be flooded with light. You know, that means that the floodlights get turned on and you suddenly say, oh, what? I am entitled to an inheritance from God? I don't have to live uh, in fear all my life. I don't have to live poor. I don't have to live alone. I don't have to live frightened. You mean all this is here for me? And, you know, that's what the Word of God says when in, in we looked at it last week, Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of your Word brings light and gives understanding even to the simple. So like that, it's like almost the shutters are flung open. You know, in old, old manor houses and lovely places, they all have these shutters on the windows. And, um, uh, you know, I remember they had one set in, in uh, my grandmother's old house. Uh, it was an old house with deep, deep walls, and she had shutters in the dining in the sitting room. And so, on a winter's night, you know, and you could close those shutters, and it's like wrapping yourself up in in a kind of a, a womb-like situation. It was like that the world outside was blocked out, and you, you know. Well, the thing is, the Word of God says it's like when you go down in the morning, then and you open those shutters, and light streams in, and people's, you know, uh, hearts are suddenly set free. Through the word of God. People will spend all their days. And I'm not coming against radio or news or anything. It's important to know what's going on. But I'll tell you. They get sucked into listening morning, noon and night. I, I see people when I'm out walking. And, and, and they have the radio on. And I say to myself. Would you not give yourself a mental break? like, And just get some quiet time and look around you. And, and, and you know. like Because I'll tell you why. Because they don't want the quietness. Because when things are quiet, that's when people start thinking. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it is important to be able to know at times that the Lord wants you to shut out all the noise and to actually listen to him and hear what he's saying to you, you know. So where are we now? Back to Isaiah chapter 60. Thank you, Lord. How are we doing for time? Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Arise and shine, 
turn around to somebody and tell them to arise and shine. Arise and shine. Arise and shine. That's you he's talking to. Arise and shine. How do you shine? You shine by letting the light shine through. You know what? All of you, you don't even realize it. The glitter and the diamonds that are shining inside of you because God's light is living inside of you and you don't even see it because you've been looking in the mirror and you say, oh, not another gray hair. Or, oh, where, where's that hair gone now? <laughs> or, oh, look, you know, what we do, uh, you know, that oftentimes when we look in the mirror, we let the devil talk into our ears and, and instead you need to be looking in the mirror and say, you are a daughter of God. You are a son of the Most High God. You're glittering. The light is shining through you and for you you need to start speaking to yourself and that's not going to blow you up and puff you up to make you some you know full of yourself person but the thing is is that the enemy has so trodden down and beaten down people that they're they look at themselves and the first thing they do we all do it is we see the thing that we need to criticize oh look the you know and and arise and shine you need to shine for the Lord. We read it earlier in, in Luke chapter 11. He said, you don't put a lamp under something and hide the light way in under there. No, you put the lamp out on the stand where it can be seen and where it can light up the room. Do you know that when you come into a room, you have the power to change the atmosphere in that place Amen. and light the place up? Amen. Or, or you can bring in a heavy cloud of black doom. <laughs> you know, and, and the people that you're hanging out with will know the difference. And they'll want to avoid the one, oh no, look, the black cloud is coming. Get me out of here, quick. <laughs> or when they see you coming and they'll say, there's something about her. There's something about him. And you know, maybe you're not fully there. None of us are. We're all on a journey. But there is something inside of you. You carry precious gold. And it is the light of the world himself. He's living inside of you. And he wants to, to break out and, and come into all those places so that there's no dark hidden places in you. Arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. It, in, in this version it says, um, let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Say, his light is shining on me. His glory is shining on me. Darkness as black as the night covers all the nations of the earth. And we see that. You don't have to be a genius uh, when you're watching the news to realize that there is darkness covering the earth right now. But, say but. But. Say it like you mean it. But. But the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Do you know that there are people inside of this room that are called into positions in government? You have been called into positions where leaders will come to you and ask you to pray with them for wisdom. Amen. And that is no joke. You might think, who am I or what do I do? Where did I come from? Uh, you know, my father used to have a saying, sure, I'm only the son of a farmer. I, or what do you say? I'm only a farmer's son. But he used to be joking, you know, for the, the crack like or whatever, uh, when people would be uh, rattling him or whatever. But, you know, that's the way many people look at themselves. Sure, what am I? Sure, where did I come from? 
Listen, the light of God himself, the kingdom of the most high God. The word of God says the government, the government rests on his shoulders. Jesus' shoulders is his body. We are his body. Turn around and look at someone and say, we are his body. We are his body. body. You are part of his body. You are part of his body. And therefore, the government shall rest on your shoulders. And you will have wonderful counsel. You will have wisdom beyond all of your intellect, beyond any of your education. You will have wisdom to give to people. And they will say, you know, I just, when I speak to you something, there's something different about you. There's something about the way that you talk. There's something about the way uh, that when I'm with you, Peace, it feels like I I feel more peaceful. You'll notice that. And the reason is, is because the light is shining through you. You know, and nations will come to your light. Mighty kings, it says in this, will come to see your radiance. You know, that the light of God brings a radiance to you. You know what the devil's trying to do? He's trying to cover it with a veil, a heavy blanket to try and, and, and just bring darkness there's radiance. You don't have to go and get, you know, the special oil of Yule or the latest um, whatever, uh, La Mer, whatever that one's called, Creme de La Mer, a uh, 140-pound bottle of uh, moisturizer in order to have the radiance. Because as you allow the Lord to shine through you, your skin will radiate. Uh, your face, your whole life will radiate and people will be attracted to you. And that's the, that's the way the kingdom of God is going to advance and no other way. It's not through, you know, big, huge and, and, and their great all tent revivals and all that. They're mighty and, and, and the presence of God. But they are to equip the saints to go back into where their lives are and their circle. And for, for those people to touch those around them and to bring change. The glory light of Jesus Christ will bring soundness into your mind, your heart, your emotions, your cells, your physical body. Would you say that with me? The glory light, the glory light of, Jesus of Jesus that arises upon me, arises upon me and shines through me. And shines through me. Will bring, will bring soundness, is bringing soundness, bringing soundness. into my mind, into my, my, mind. Heart, my heart, my emotions, my emotions. All, of my physical body, all of my physical body, my relationships, my, relationships. my, work, my work, and my family. I decree that in the name of Jesus. And I decree that the deep dark recesses of my soul are being filled. Are being filled and flooded with the light of his glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You know why? Let's turn over to Isaiah chapter 53 while you're there. Isaiah chapter 53. This is the chapter uh, about the Messiah and about the death that he would endure and the reason for it. And you know this, uh, I'm sure you've read this so many times, uh, of how he carried our weaknesses, he, he, he took our sorrows and our griefs. Uh, that's in verse 4. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, how wrong they were. They looked at him there up on that cross and they said, where is your God now? If God, you know, why hasn't he come and you get yourself down from there? We read that the other night in Psalm 22 on Thursday night. 
Psalm 22, praise the Lord. But, you know, and, and uh, so people thought that he was up there as a punishment for sins because judgment, uh, you see, death, the word of God says the wages of sin is death. And so when people were put to death, they were put to death for their sins. And it's no different today. You know, the word of God hasn't changed. And the wages of sin is death. Uh, whether it's, you know, physical death and ultimately it will be physical death, but it can also be uh, death of relationships, death of, of a marriage, death of, of a business or whatever. And, and people need to look at their lives and, and look back at Psalm 24 and say, are my hands clean? You know, what is the situation with my heart? Have I been worshipping idols? Have I been thinking about other things and worshipping them more than God? Have I put them in a higher place than, than him and than what his word says? And um, so they, that's what they, they judged there, that his punishment was his own sins. But he was pierced and, uh, for our transgressions, our rebellion. Transgressions mean sin. He was actually nailed to the cross. When they nailed those nails, hammered those nails into his hands and into his feet, it was because of our sins. That's what put him on that cross was our sins. And he actually not just took our sins, but he became sin. Jesus became sin for us so that we could be made right with God. So he was pierced for our transgressions, our rebellion. He was bruised and crushed for our sins, our iniquities. The, the, an, an iniquity... Oh, I wrote it in the other notebook. Uh, an iniquity is an, a weakness... In some area, whether it has come down the generations, uh, it, it can be a bent towards a, a certain type of sin or a bent towards a certain uh, way of, of living. And it, it, an iniquity, fear is also an iniquity because it's handed down from generation to generation. And it can, you know, pride is an iniquity to be haughty and, and, and lifted up in oneself, to be arrogant and to be rebellious. That's an iniquity. And it is handed down the generations. And the thing is, is that when we come to the blood of Jesus Christ and we ask forgiveness of our sins, we also ask forgiveness of those iniquities that have come down upon us through no fault of our own, but that we also break them off of our children and say, it stops here at the blood of Jesus. And my children and my grandchildren and my descendants will not endure the, the, the battle that I've had with fear or with lust or with, you know, even with pride and arrogance or, or bullying behavior, those kind of things. They're all iniquities. And so Jesus was bruised. And it's interesting. He was pierced for our sins, our transgressions, right? They saw the nails. But for many of them, uh, they didn't realize that the bruising he took for the iniquities was already after happening when he was beaten. And, you know, those bruises, he, he was beaten by three different battalions of soldiers. He was beaten in the high priest's house. He was beaten in Pilate's house and he was beaten by the Sadducees. Uh, so they had they all had him beaten and he was whipped. And that whipping, it tells us there uh, he was bruised for our iniquities. He was beaten so we could be whole. Whole. You think of an orange. An orange is whole. Then you cut the orange into quarters and it's not whole anymore. It's in pieces. Well, Jesus allowed his body 
to be broken into pieces and, and ripped and shredded so that when he was up in that cross, Isaiah 52, the previous chapter tells us he didn't even look like a human being. And that's why there is no such thing as a holy picture. And if any of you have them in your homes, I suggest you take it down and dump it because it is an abomination to the Lord. Because what he looked like up in that cross was not some weak, thin guy with a little trickle of blood coming out of his head. With it, you know, That's just such a lie. That's not what he looked like. And that's why so many people were utterly horrified when they saw the crucifixion and the passion, the movie. And then they chastised Mel Gibson. And I'll tell you, Mel Gibson didn't do half of what was done to Jesus. So he didn't. We have no clue at all. And he was beaten like that. He was whipped and torn apart so that our bodies could be healed and so that we could be made whole. And that's why sickness is a curse. Jesus Christ came to set the captives free. Fear is a curse. Uh, Torment, unforgiveness, bitterness, strife, problems, all kinds of issues, diseases, all kinds of financial failure and brokenness, they are a curse. And Jesus became cursed up in that cross. That's why he didn't look like a human being. Because he was utterly cursed. He was sin. And that's why it says that the, you know, when you read the the account of the crucifixion, it says the whole earth became dark, that there was a, uh, what do you call that thing? Eclipse. And the, the, the place went dark. The reason it went dark is because God, the Father, had to turn his face away from his son up in that cross because God cannot look or have anything to do with sin. So that's why Jesus cried out in Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You can hear that heart's cry. And you know, when God hears his children crying on this earth, when people are going through terrible situations and they cry to God, you know, God is saying, they don't even know my word, that Jesus already paid the price so that they would not have to endure that curse. It's time that people got serious about sickness and disease and all these kind of problems. It's time that we started to open our eyes to the truth of what he did for us and to let that light shine in. That's what the entrance of your light brings, uh, you know, brings understanding means. It floods us with uh, the light of what Jesus was actually doing. And he was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And it went on, you know, to talk about how we rebelled. And I encourage you to read it yourself. But in verse 10, it says, it was the Lord's good plan. This is still Isaiah chapter 53. It was the Lord's good plan to crush him and to cause him grief. Yet when his life was made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. And it says in verse 12, I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. And in another version there, it says, he poured out his soul unto death. So Jesus' soul, you know, not only his physical body died that day, but his soul died that day. His, his heart, his emotions, his, his mind, he was completely torn up and broken so that we could be restored. And that's why Psalm 23 says that the good shepherd restores my soul. He ministers his love to us so much so that we can receive peace and that we can receive healing. 
and restoration, not just in our physical bodies, not just righteousness and right standing with God that we are now made holy by his blood, but also to be able to live a victorious, successful life on this earth. You know, there are people who are signing up hundreds and hundreds and thousands of euros every day for online webinars and workshops on how to be successful in life. And if they only could understand the truth of what Jesus Christ did for them, Uh, and and understand the word of God they would have success coming out of their ears but you see it's not enough to read it or to know it in your head you need to hear it and understand it in your heart and you need to start walking that way if God said that by his stripes that by the stripes of Jesus you are healed it's time you started operating like that if God said that uh, fear has no power over you and that you can do all things through Christ who strengthened you. It's time that you started walking that way in your life and started applying it and saying, well, God said I can do all things. I am going to do all things. Uh, You know, I might be afraid doing it or I mightn't physically be able to, to do it, but I am still going to do it. And that's how many people get healed as they go. You know, and breakthrough and healing comes as people receive it and start walking and living it as if it was true. And it is true. That's the thing, you know. But uh, like a lot of people are living like it's not true. And, and all of us are, are, are guilty of that, believe me. In John eight twelve, just two more scriptures, then we're finished. Well, sorry, no, that's a lie. <laughs> it's not two, more, not two more scriptures, but I'll try and be as quick as I can. Uh, John 8, I encourage you to read John 8 yourself. What a chapter. Praise the Lord. Um, In John 8 verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Imagine that. Imagine that. That no matter what is going on in someone's life, You do not have to walk in darkness because with Jesus with you, the light of the world is is, uh, exposing and and floodlighting every part of your path to show you the way ahead and to show you the good way. I think you should be more excited than that. (laughs) I definitely think you should be more excited. Did you read that? Okay, let's read it together. I'll, I'll say it and you say it after me. Jesus said, Jesus said I, am the light of the world, I am the light of the world and that if I follow him, I will never have to walk in darkness because I will have the light, have the light that, leads to life. that leads to life. Do you know that the light that Jesus gives us, the light of the world, it actually brings life. And this is so important, especially if there's some kind of infirmity in your body or some kind of maybe dead relationship, maybe a marriage that's, that's needing resuscitation and that, that's, you know, flatlined. Maybe a financial situation or a, a business that has flatlined. Well, you know what? The light of God, the light of Jesus Christ brings life. And everywhere that, that, that Jesus is, life flows. The word of God says in Leviticus 17, the life of the body is in the blood. And as we understand what he was doing at the cross and what righteousness is and what he paid for us, life cannot help but flow. It's like where there's any kind of old, old arteries or veins that have started to get clogged up or, you know, and, and plaque comes. And then somebody comes along, some doctor comes along with, with a, one of those things and, and blows out the plaque inside of it. And suddenly the blood and the 
oxygen can flow again. Well, that's what the blood of Jesus Christ does for us. And he will do it physically for your body, any area of your body that has died. It's what happened to Abraham and Sarah. In Romans chapter 4, it says that Abraham believed that God was able to do what he had promised. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And even though his body uh, was as good as dead, it says, his body was as good as dead at 100 years old. Yet, he, uh, you know, life came to his body. And he he called Sarah and says, Sarah. (laughs) And off they went. And the next thing, here comes Isaac. Praise the Lord. You should laugh. Oh, you're too religious for that. What? Hallelujah. In uh, John chapter 12. Nearly finished. John chapter 12. This is important. 35. Jesus replied to them. My light will shine for you just a little while longer. This is what's being spoken today to the world, you know. And it's not just the world as in planet Earth. It's the world as in human beings, people, our neighbors, our friends, our relations, our family members, our leaders, our our population, people that we know and love. God is speaking this to them, and he's speaking it to us and to the church. And he's given the church a mandate that this is a fact My light will shine for you just a little while longer. Walk in the light while you can, so that the darkness will not overtake you. Those who walk in darkness cannot see where they are going. Put your trust in me. Believe in me, he said. Rely on me. Put your trust in the light while there is still time. And then you will become sons and children of the light. You are a son and a daughter of God. Therefore, you are a son of light. Therefore, that means that wherever you go and whatever room or whatever shop or whatever business or wherever you walk, light enters as you enter. You need to start looking at yourself in the mirror in the morning and saying, come on, you fine thing, you. Everywhere you go today, light is going to enter. Change is going to come to people's lives. Change is going to come because you are the, you have the light of the world living inside Amen. you. It's nothing got to do with you. It's got to do with who's living inside of you. Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. And in Isaiah chapter 10. Uh, nearly finished. Bringing it home. Isaiah chapter 10 and verse uh, 16. Isaiah 10, 16. Lord, we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, we praise you. We worship you. We thank you, Lord, that you are the light of the world and that your light is living inside of us. Amen. We were speaking about light last week and, you know, we could still be speaking about light next week because there's so much in the word of God about this. And, and don't allow the devil, you know, where there's been darkness, where there's been any kind of fear or any kind of, of oppression or depression, listen, that's darkness. And that is not from God. It is from Satan. And allow the Lord to bring his light in by receiving it and just crying out to Jesus, let your light shine on me and let me understand how much of your light is living inside of me. You don't have to live in darkness. You know, we could be living inside here today with all the blinds closed and all the lights turned off and not realizing that there's power in those switches. And it's the same with you. Many people are living inside in in, in darkened, awful, horrible places. 
because they have not realized they can turn on the light. Amen. Amen. And in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 16, Therefore the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, will send a plague among Assyria's proud troops. Now Assyria was one of Israel's greatest enemies. And they were actually, probably historians um, say, they were like the first world superpower. And, um, you know, anyway, that's another day's story. But the Lord, you know, will deal with our enemies. And no matter how huge the enemy, no matter how big the mountain or how overwhelming the problem, God will deal with it. As you uh, walk in the light, he will uh, throw his light on, on, on you know, the, the strategy. He will give you the download. He will, he will navigate you through every dark place. He's not promising you that there won't be dark times and, and times of, of difficulty. He said, Jesus said, you know, in the world you will have, you will have issues. But over, be of good cheer, he said, I've overcome the world and I'm with you. And, you know, God plus you is a majority. Isn't that the truth? So he's dealing with the enemies. And a flaming fire will consume its glory. A flaming fire will consume your enemies, no matter who they are. You know, because what God has blessed, man cannot curse. And, and when God is for you, who can be against you? And be very careful about the people you're hanging out with. Be very careful about the influence that, that they're having on you. Make sure that it's you who's influencing them and not the other way around. You know, because there are as many good people who've been, who've been poisoned by, by, by issues uh, that have been going on and where, where they have succumbed to the darkness. And I will, I will say that as a warning. Be careful, because it says in the Word of God in Corinthians that bad company corrupts good character. It destroys it. Uh, so the Lord will deal with your enemies and the Lord, the light of Israel, isn't that beautiful? The light of Israel will be a fire. The Holy One will be a flame. He will devour, devour the thorns and the briars with fire, burning up the enemy in a single night. And so there's nothing impossible to God. We read that at the beginning with Peter. He, he was inside in a prison. He was facing execution in the morning. And, and because the people prayed, and thank you for that, Geraldine, because the church prayed, and because people knew how to pray and they, and they came before the Lord and they interceded, the angel went and brought Peter out and no man could stop it. Yeah. And it's the same for you. No matter what the enemy, no matter what the difficulty, there is no foe that cannot uh, withstand, uh, that can withstand the power of God. Amen. No foe can withstand his power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's pray together. Uh, praise God. Lord, we worship you and we praise you. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your word. Oh, Lord, I thank you for the light. And for Lord, help us to understand the power that comes from the light of the world living inside of each one of us. Lord, I pray that where we have been living in darkness, that you would show us the way to turn on the lights. Lord, that you would show us the way to, to flood that light, that situation with your light so that understanding can come and so that wisdom can come and, and a way out, a plan out and a strategy. Lord, for the people that we've been praying for, Lord, we pray that the light of the world would shine. Jesus, shine your glory light. Arise and shine over them today and bring light into those areas where there's darkness, where there's confusion, where there's, where there's hopelessness, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would turn on the light and, and bring hope because hope is the anchor of the soul. Yeah. 
And Jesus, you allowed your soul to be broken utterly so that we could be made whole. Your body was was ripped apart so that we could be made whole. And I pray today that there would be an outpouring of healing and restoration upon every one of these, your children. These are your sons. They're your daughters, Father. And I pray that for the honor and the glory of your name, that you would intervene in their situations, in their families, in their lives, Lord, and that you would bring the light in, and bring turnaround and breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.